episode 17 of Q&A Quest, the one where I finally get the episode number correct. I don't know. I feel like there's still ways for you to screw it up in post. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. That's, that's always true. I'm not sure how you do that without doing it intentionally, but I mean, uh, like I believe in you. <laughs> really? I believe in your ability to mess it up in post. Oh, okay. That's a different kind of belief. I am your host, Mike Apps, aka Wheels, with me as always. David McBurney here to just be just make people wonder why anyone hangs out with me. Yeah. <laughs> and we have another guest again this week. Jonathan Stringer, how you guys doing? Good. It's good to have you on. We've actually been trying to arrange this for a while, so it's good to finally get you on. Yep, schedules have been back and forth, I've been busy, and then I've forgotten. Yeah. It's hard when you have kids. Yep. Things happen. Yeah. I'm the only one that doesn't get an excuse when things go wrong, because I have no obligations. <laughs> if uh, listeners listen to any of the other podcasts, I've been on the back track several times, and the main podcast once or twice, so I might not be entirely new. I think we may have been on the back track together at one point. I think we've been on a few times, actually. Probably. They've dr- they've uh, brought me on there a lot, so it's hard to remember. Yeah, it's been You're several. just nostalgic for every series. Yes, well, a lot of them. And not so much for some. It, the next one I'm going to be on is about Idea Factory games. Oh, man. That's... Do you need someone to talk about Trinity Universe? Because I own that for some reason. <laughs> That episode isn't going to require some alcohol. No, no, the game's required alcohol. You need to be sober so you can allow allow your rage to go forth like fine wine. Uh, Well, speaking of rage, let's jump right into our first question. Oh, man. And this is... This is prescient. This is of the moment. Yes. This is a fresh one from Budai, as fresh as in I saw it today, like earlier today. It is, uh, how how do you two, in this case three, view backlash against reviews? Do you think people get emotional because they want a certain product to be great? Even with consoles and console war arguments, it always seems like people want to justify their own purchase. Almost like defending a certain choice because of the money and time investment. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, <laughs> well, that's... Like, people get attached to their opinions and start, like, when you attack the basis of an opinion like not even attack but criticize the basis of an opinion people get really really upset because it's like that opinion that's part of me you're attacking me I also <laughs> and feel, like I also it, feel like just from a, a, a start people naturally distrust critics I guess to some extent or maybe I've watched... I would say I wouldn't really say people distrust critics so much as they distrust opinions that go against what they're expecting. Yeah, that's probably about accurate. They distress critics because they always think there's some ulterior motive or some <laughs> payment or payoff. It's true, it's true. Yeah, they're just giving that a good grade because uh, they're, you know, they're getting paid or they're getting advertisement money and if you give it a bad review, oh, they're just wanting clickbait. Yeah. It's never anyone's honest opinion. It's there's always there's got to be this or this or this or some ulterior motive, some or, puppet or maybe, pulls the strings, or maybe both at once. Oh man! It's just like it's just classic fanboyism. Yeah. 
okay, this other person who played the game didn't share the same view or, or like as I do. But what I really don't understand is these people that get all been out of shape defending a game that they haven't even played yet. Yeah. Like, I can perfectly understand arguing... Some of those people have already had their cards charged for 150 dollar pit boy editions so That's i can true. understand being very <laughs> defensive about the idea that oh no i wasted my money well, mine did too which i have a pit boy edition coming tomorrow but it's not like i, I get any kind of anger at mac didn't like didn't like the game as much as some other people did i certainly i certainly don't think that justifies it but i can see the aspect of the human mind that instinctively ju- moves towards it i guess is the way that i'm looking at it I don't think it's justified, but at the same time, like, there is that sort of part of the human brain that has a lot of people just have difficulty sort of separating that from themselves. Well, they think a, a bad review score on the game is an attack on what they enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, then the classic next step is to go scour the reviews of whatever the site is to find, like, oh, hey, this terrible game they gave a better score for Just, oh ugh. man my personal my personal favorite uh, image macro that will never die because people are still angry about this uh, the imagine babies versus uh, god hand IGN review <laughs> oh. it's like oh you know two unrelated games reviewed by different people for different audiences but you know they didn't like god hand so I'm angry I guess well, that's that's another thing people can't seem to get, especially for especially for RP gamer, because you know, uh, it's it's really yeah. easy shorthand to say RP gamer didn't like the game. Yeah, <laughs> and then you get to know RP gamers reviewers, and it's like, hey, these when these people agree on one thing, it's like a miracle. <laughs> uh... Like we were just talking about Destiny beforehand. You love it. Yeah, I didn't really care for it much. So. It doesn't well, make it a bad game, it just doesn't fit in my taste. Did you did you play like uh, original release? Yeah, original release. Yeah. You are not having this debate. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not gonna have the debate. I was gonna say I completely understand anyone at all that didn't like original release. You know what it pushed me to do? It pushed me to go play WoW again. It's like it kinda <laughs> almost it gives me the MMO itch, but it doesn't scratch it, so I wouldn't play WoW. Well, it creates an urge it is incapable of fulfilling for well, you. Exactly. It's, it's kind of funny you mentioned that because playing Destiny is what finally made me get WoW and like really get into it. Because I mean I had played it off and on for a while, but that was like I finally get got MMOs from playing Destiny. It's kind of weird. That's what they call a gateway drug, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, yeah Destiny, my issue was. Uh... just like bullet sponge there was no there was like a a poor man's MMO mixed with a poor man's shooter stuck together and it was like a a watered down version of both styles of genres put together and now all these people who have never had that that MMO crack or hook you know finally got that because it was given to them in an easy to swallow pill as a shooter Hmm. well I also kind of approached the game from a different angle because I've been a fan of bungee shooters for a while, so I kind of went into it like, okay, this is going to be a shooter, and you know, any RPG-ness on top of it was a bonus. So, uh, I, it seemed like a lot of people that went in expecting more of an RPG experience were definitely more disappointed. But this is, I don't want to, I don't want to. Yeah, jump we have too much. we have left this conversation entirely. 
And I, I want to bring up just one more thing, is that I just realized I remember watching you tweet about, like, watching the Cult of Destiny Twitter, like, 300 days before the game came out. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, that's the thing that I did. Uh, <sighs> but yeah, you know, it's, it's, there is, there is that, there are a lot of human psychological biases that create this behavior, and... It can be hard to rein them back in, but it's kind of important to do so because, you know, acting like a psychopath on the internet is not a good use of anyone's time and not <laughs> healthy for anyone. Isn't that what the internet's made for? That doesn't make it a good use of it. There's other side uses of the internet that are less damaging. Well, according to a well-known Broadway musical, the internet is for porn. Oh, man, I had to sing that at karaoke with some Thank people you. at PAX. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I feel like I had another thought on this, and I lost it in the Destiny tangent. <laughs> yeah, of course you did, which is why I don't normally let you go on them. Destiny went in your head, and it just filled it, uh, shot everything else out. Well, tangents are our specialty on this show. I know, which is why I'm so terrible at my job. Especially, especially when Gaijin is on, we end up talking oh. about just the most random, interesting things. but Yeah, they're interesting, which is why no one tries to stop. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I don't uh, know. No, like, I, I remembered where I, my thought. Oh, what was it? Um, I was going to say, I understand a lot more when post-release and people are, you know, arguing with, oh, I arguing about different aspects of review of something they've already played, but, you know, the, but like we were saying, the whole... You know, yeah, bashing the Doing reviewer before he even played it. It's like, um, what are you doing? I mean, this is, it, it's kind of funny because this is kind of how I got into talking about games a lot more on the internet than I have been previously. I was like arguing with people about Final Fantasy 13 because apparently before it was released, it was the worst game ever produced by human hands. Uh... The way, the way that I would think about it is that before the game is released, it is, and I, like, straight in the platonic ideal state of someone's mind. It yes. is exactly what they want it to be. It could be, that thing that they want it to be could be absolutely at odds with what the product itself is. But it doesn't matter because nothing like actual experience has tainted that perfection. Mm. And so, in that sense, people are actually more attached to it because it is an object that can only exist in their mind. <laughs> so even if you don't think of it in that sense, it's like your your mind is crafting that perfect game that you think it should be, and nothing. And the idea of an assault on that might be even more personal than just something you've spent money on. Mm. Even though, and going, even though, uh, hey, the game may actually be exactly what you were looking for. It just so happens that hey, different people have different tastes. And different yeah, opinions. That's, that's my word. That's that's an important and fine distinction. Uh, I didn't like something, and this thing was badly thought out or very, very exclusive. Uh, not are not always overrunning concepts. Uh, yeah, like Mac. But, Mac and I have vastly different tastes, uh, but you know, I totally respect his different opinions, except about Final Fantasy Legend Three. Oh gosh. Well, we're done with that, but uh, <laughs> to, to just close off the, to try to seal off the psychological argument with something like a capstone, uh, that that ideal state you see a lot 
even in like people looking at games that didn't come out where people will look at a game that didn't come out and they're like oh man why did they cancel this it looks perfect like this looks amazing and it's like well one they probably canceled it because it wasn't turning out but two yeah like because that game is not out and that game will never come out to shatter the illusion of what that game would have actually been there is that tendency to lionize the idea <laughs> Mega Man Legends 3 Mega Man Legends me. 3 have like, a cough yeah not just a little <laughs> bit of one um, Destiny's original story yeah yeah that's a that's a big one pre-release versions of What's that? What's Destiny what's in general is what he said. <laughs> That's uh, fair. Several pre released versions of Resident Evil games. Uh, Final Fantasy XIII's PS2 version I've occasionally seen people like pine after. What? The PS2 version that we found out about like a year after where they talked about how oh man it was going to be have like action combat and be completely different from the version we got. Uh, Final Fantasy XII story before Matsuno yep. left the project. I can't even imagine how much different that story would have been. That thing's got all of his fingerprints on it. <laughs> what's, what's funny is that I think the one redeeming quality Final Fantasy XIII had was his combat. Yeah it actually combat. has really nice combat. Yeah. Granted, I'm excited for the more action-y combat in 15, but that doesn't mean 13 wasn't amazing, too. Yeah. But yeah, you know, there's just that sort of psychological attachment is easy to build some, build to something that only exists in your mind. Yeah, and, you know, especially on the internet where you can basically rage into a quote-unquote vacuum without really worrying about and scream the at something that in your mind can only currently only exists as text and a little funny picture in the corner yeah, exactly <laughs> but yeah like that that knowledge that something only exists in your mind should be your stepping point to say oh and that is why i need to be less attached to it not <laughs> that is why i'm attached to it so you can't criticize me <laughs> yeah i but it's kind of interesting with the whole thing with Max Fallout 4 review. Is there actually some people, you know, that came here and came to the site angry, and you know, we responded to them rationally, and you know, they had more rational responses, and I thought that was pretty cool, just to see kind yeah. of the the opposite of just the pure fanboy rage. Also, score check. Yeah. I doubt many people actually read that review. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, it's much easier to look at a number and be very angry that it's the yeah. lower number and, than and you that's, thought. And that's another thing, because uh, game rankings and Metacritic really screw us over with how they just convert the scores. Yeah, no, I'm still I'm still lost in the existence of, like, the Fallout New Vegas uh, infamy, where it's like, oh, it's got an 84 on Metacritic, so you don't get a bonus. Like, poor Obsidian probably, like, regretted every aspect that might theoretically have caused that 84. Because the number they needed to hit was 85. That's, that sucks. That really sucks. Yeah. But what you gonna do? People aren't, like, you know, you kind of have to review without that thought ever hitting your mind. Because it's like... I, I can't afford to be responsible for someone's livelihood because the publisher put some ridiculous, uh, like, extra issue going on. So, you know, you just 
and say what you think, and you just hope that the internet does not decide to crucify you over it. I'll just loud minority voices on the internet coming in and being the vocal minority that usually happens. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. That happens in a lot of cases. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that just don't really engage, so we... Uh, well, like me, I'm sick of fighting on the internet. So yeah. <laughs> not to say a minority uh, opinion is, is a wrong opinion. No, no, not at all. It's that whole, being a dick about having one yeah. is. <laughs> it's that whole, I have something different to say, and I'm just going to be, be the loudest and most annoying and obnoxious about it, and that'll make my, my view true. <laughs> gotcha. So... But yeah, I think we've we've basically circled around this topic as much as we can. Yeah, uh, I don't want to delve in t- too much into the negativity. Um, it, I just think it's important to respect other people's opinions, unless it's because they like Final Fantasy Legend Three, and you know. Wow, that's getting some harsh words. Are you just trying to go back onto the podcast? You know that would be interesting. So yes, yes I am. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, moving on yeah moving on (laughs) alright let's move on to something else Alright, so let's move on to our next question, which is... Uh, I forgot to see who this is from. Oh, awesome. I think these are. F- I think this is from Low Whoops. So, yeah. Okay. I will double check and put it in the show notes if it's not. Uh, but the question is, what would you like out of a Star Wars RPG? Which I think is a pretty awesome question. Yeah, that's that's been in the Law Wolf pile for, like, months at this yeah. point, and I feel kind of bad we've taken so long, but since The Force Awakens is nearly out, it seems appropriate. Yeah. Uh, um, cool. Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do think Knights of the Old Republic is pretty good. Yeah. It's an enjoyable game. Uh, a different thing I would like to see would be a tactical RPG Star Wars game. Yes! That yes. would be a lot of fun, that I think. would be interesting. I would be would all you, over yeah. that. And they, I, you know, shooting's been done well in these. Ta- you look at XCOM, you know, with guns. And, you know, most yep. of tactical RPGs are more melee based, but uh, XCOM did it really well. So I could see a game, uh, a Star Wars based one, you know, with the lights. So there's so many kind of uh, force tricks and stuff you could do, and all the different, you know, pistols and blasters and sniper rifles. It, it, it's it's got all the components there to make a, a really compelling tactical RPG. I think. Yeah. Is it wrong that I'm now imagining XCOM, but whenever one of your... Like, it's just an unending stream of stormtroopers dying? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that could be pretty sweet. I mean, I haven't played the most recent XCOM, but I have played uh, lots of codenames Steam, which is similar. So Mm -hmm. that kind of idea is definitely very appealing. (sighs) I mean, I I could go really in-depth with stuff. I don't know how, how... 
far we want to toss this around. We can but... toss it as far as yeah, we want. And... Like, go as far as you want to go, yeah. man. Well, I don't know if I want to go further. That's the thing. <laughs> well, I'm I'm thinking of another idea. One of my favorite Star Wars game series would be like the Jedi Knight series. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, man. And uh, uh, the last one, what the heck was it called? Jedi Academy. Jedi Academy. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, of... I prefer to attach all of the previous titles to it. <laughs> Dark Forces 4, Jedi Knight 3, Jedi Outcast 2, Jedi Academy. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit silly. Now, do you prefer games? Let's see, where would the story be based? Would it be based in the movie timeline? Or would you, do you like it like Knights of the Old Republic where they go way in the, in the past? Or would you like one way in the future? Or... I don't do think prefer? it has to be uh, way in the past or future, so long as it doesn't just retread the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the important thing. Uh, Star I ha- Wars is a big world, so yeah. you know, you've know you got plenty of places you can set things that don't have to involve the movie. But then the movies has familiar characters and and locations and those kind of I things. Certainly that- think, I certainly think, I feel like locations are a better fit than characters, because characters, you run into the issue of like, well, these characters sort of have things they have to be doing, and yeah. yeah. Well, I... Well- I, I, Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I, th- I think it kind of depends on the s- type of story you want to go with. Yeah. Like, N- Knights, Knights of the Public worked great because uh, that was a story with choice. So mm-hmm. working in, like, the past where you basically had more leverage there was perfect. But if you were doing, say, like, a more linear uh, type story... Um, you know, something more akin to, like, a Japanese RPG where there's not a lot of choice and it's, you know pretty straightforward, I think that could work uh, closer to the movie settings and use some of those iconic characters because you're not necessarily going to do you know, anything that... Anything would... too out of character. Exactly. <laughs> At the same time, I'm always more concerned that we end up with Lord of the Rings of the Third Age. It's a terrifying <laughs> place to go. Well, my, uh, my other issue with Knights of the... One of my few issues with Knights of the Old Republic is, yeah, it's Star Wars, but it almost doesn't feel like Star Wars sometimes, you know. It's it's got the Force, it's got lightsabers, it's got some of that. And I guess for all but some of the more really in depth Star Wars fans who really dig into all the lore and know about all that, most yeah. don't and aren't familiar. So it's just it's like it's kind of it's like quasi semi Star Wars world. Yeah, it can feel a bit alien just because it's so uh, distinct from the mm-hmm. settings you're used to, despite the things that are familiar, so I can definitely see that. Um, and you don't have any, even like the ships and all that are different, the, a lot of the, you know, some of the races are the same, but it's it's so, and the, you know, the whole, uh, the Jedi interaction, a lot of the appeal of the Jedi is, you know, they're almost all wiped out and they're yeah. you know, struggling to survive, it's just totally, you know, it's flipped on its head, which I guess some may really like that, it's refreshing take on Star Wars, but... Yeah, for me that was that was part of the appeal is that it was just like, mm-hmm. oh, this is different, but kind yeah. of the same. It's yeah. Uncanny. But. And uh, like Shadows of the Empire, you know, in sixty four. Ah, yes, oh, yes. See, <laughs> that one was one that successfully was during the movies and had some character interaction, but was its own story. I love that game. <laughs> yeah, I just wish that it had aged better. Oh man. There's some there's some fog issues in that game. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, yeah. sixty four in general has fog issues. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Poor Dash Rendar. Um, I I actually have the PC version that's slightly better. <laughs> oh man, I forgot that came out on PC. Yeah, wow. 
It's nice. I remember that. Just like I feel, I feel like at this point, it's lasting legacy. It's the Hoth level. But yeah, <laughs> that's in like every Star Wars game now. Yeah, the one like the one level that every other Star Wars game knocked off. <laughs> uh, like that was the first one that really tried to have you like, oh man, you're you're freaking you're uh, tripping the ATATs. <laughs> I do remember how amazing it was though, the first time doing the Hoth level. That was yeah uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say? <laughs> so, so I definitely can see like an RPG and like the movie settings uh, and the f- familiarity would certainly be nice. I just think there's some issues you can have there. Like, it'd be hard to do like a galaxy-spanning epic story uh, if it's, I guess, set too close to the movies. Uh, and yeah. if you try to do something smaller scale, you may end up with something like. Uh, uh, what was the name? War in the North, where it feels like, oh, oh you're man. you're these random secondary characters. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Is like the the thing I'm worried about is the two Lord of the Rings RPG attempts we got, which were Third Age and War in the North, and both of them in attempting to tell a story that took place during the movies, but and books, but could not theoretically contradict them in any way. They produced something where like they basically had to create a story that didn't matter. Yeah. Well, and the other issue I have is if it's set in the current uh, movie time frame, how many Jedi can you have? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. None. How many Force users can you really have? None. And what's a Star Wars game if you don't have a, you know, Force users on either side, you know? Yeah. It's pro- yeah. probably a little easier and when they had, like, the expanded universe. Cause, uh, didn't I know that some of the Jedi Knight oh, games man. happened during the movies, but Jedi Academy was post, Jedi Academy post movies, is post right? Movies. Okay. Yeah, Jedi Academy, I think, stuck close to the what is now the Star Wars Legends uh, branding, but it was it was like yeah that that whole thing was basically unregulated in all directions. So like, I think it would actually be much harder to make that sort of game nowadays yeah. because it's just like, oh well, Disney actually is trying to keep track of everything that is yeah. made in the Star Wars. <laughs> well, I universe. think Disney would not allow it. Yeah, pretty much. Which, I mean, they killed thirteen thirteen a while back. Yeah, but I I think it would be cool if they had the creative freedom to actually do like a Mass Effect style game and just let it let it be in the movie timelines and actually allow like the player to have different things happen, like alter the just the just make of the something that you're like, yeah. what if things went differently? Yeah. Now you well, can yeah. play the game be, and decide. Be bold. Well, why not? Yeah. yeah, like what would happen if this happened and the uh, you know Death Star was ever destroyed and this and this yeah. and you give, it's an alternative timeline kind of game. I could see that working. Yeah, but yeah, that would be neat. But you know, like that whole use the whole Mass Effect style. Uh, just tell me a new story play. with these things that I like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's there's just uh, there's definitely a lot of room to work with there. It's just you know obviously a matter of what they're allowed to do, which unfortunately mm-hmm. would probably not be what we wanted okay i'm I'm just gonna put forward the thing i want is that thing that amy hennig is apparently writing she's the writer that did the uncharted games and moved on to work on a star wars game about two years back Mm, yeah that that seems like it could be really good so you know whatever that is i'll be excited (laughs) (laughs) probably not an rpg though probably not an rpg which is kind of a shame i would like to see her write an rpg but still I think at this point I'd just like another nicely old Republic. 
outside yeah, I of the MMO. Yeah, I go for a KOTOR 3. I need to give... Yeah, the MMO kind of took it over. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to give the MMO another try, but it didn't leave me. I hear the, the same because the actual... The, the actual, like, content is, like, trying really hard to be both a Bioware RPG and a normal MMO. Mm. So you get your, like, companions that you can talk to, and they have the Bioware standard backstories, and it's like, oh, that's, that's kind of neat, and there's a bunch of them, because, like, each character class gets its own companions and its own story, and you can, for some reason, be things like a light-side Sith, Sith Inquisitor. That is confusing. <laughs> But yeah, like you know, that that was a neat idea. But you know, it's it's still like it's just super long to get through anything because I mean, like MMO length quests to get to any major story beat is going to take you forever. Yeah, several eternities. Um, yeah, yeah. So like, there's there's a lot of like you could probably take some of the writing in there and turn it into a fairly interesting single-player RPG, but you'd have to jettison basically everything about the gameplay, so it would be <laughs> practical. <laughs> well, it's basically what I gather. It's, it's World of Warcraft gameplay with a Star Wars skin and abilities with a Bioware-type story. You are not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you gathered correctly. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I felt from the wool I played of it. It's like I played the, like... the uh, demo or the beta or whatever. I, I played I played a, for a month or two after it came out so that I could play the story and then you know I got about as much of the story as I could handle and then I was like okay I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. But hey, one time I was waiting for a quest to spawn and a dancing Twi'lek just sort of stood around dancing in his freaking robes while I just sort of sat around waiting. He's like, hey, you want to fight with me? And I get, I'm like, okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a story I remembered. <laughs> well, not to get diverge too often, but a lot of people see the value of MMOs as creating their own player-driven stories just like that. So, but yeah, yeah. go down this path. I, <laughs> I gotta give it credit for letting me have that story. <laughs> but we're on as many Star Wars MMOs as Star Wars single-player RPGs, so I think we're about due for another single-player RPG. Agreed. And I don't know if they will, though. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think they will, but I want it. <laughs> LucasArts, I think, allowed a lot more experimentation with the license in the games, and they, they're willing to do a bunch of different stuff. I don't see Disney licensing out games that, especially this big AAA, you know, uh, license, and you know how expensive it's going to be for a game to get that. Yeah. I think they're going to stick it to, you know, things like Battlefront or uh, big action-y games that they know they're going to get a good return on. I feel like it it will happen as the license is reestablished in the vision that Disney wants it to have. Because, like, I feel like Disney is being very sort of close yeah. with the leash as they first acquire it because they really want to set it down a specific road. And then, like, once we're at Star Wars, like, Episode Eight or so, they're mm-hmm. going to probably start letting it out a little more because it's like, yeah, okay. But you know where you're going to see it, right? Yeah. Mobile. Yeah. Uh, It'll be a little mobile art Star Wars RPG, and I don't. Think... You can be a moisture farmer. <laughs> uh, mobile. As... Maybe by then, people will be making good mobile games more than well, occasionally. When I say mobile, I also don't mean handheld. I mean phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I when when I hear mobile, when I think I think of mobile and handheld separately. So when I hear mobile, okay. I think phone. <laughs> some do, some don't. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's good to clarify. But yeah. Well, that was a Jersey mobile. Hey, you know, I'll be fine with mobile the second that it, you know, doesn't involve quite so much Candy Crush. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I know. <laughs> it's fun to dream. Especially, it's nice to want things. Especially involving Star Wars. Star Wars is a shared dream. Alright, shall we move on? Let's move on. Alright. Alright, let's move on to our next question. This one is from Lol Whoops. Um, do you guys have a preference of the anime? That's anim- not Lol Whoops. That's from. Uh, oh, the, I... the, the, the last two are from Lol Whoops. Uh, and you'll know the number. Whoops. Okay. Oh, this is from. Um, uh, Frank Grizzly? Something like yes, that? Yes, something. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. I'm very bad with names. Me too. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, do you guys have a preference of the anime otaku-flavored RPGs, Tales, or the ones that don't draw as much from anime, most Final Fantasies? Does it even matter when there is an anime tie-in? If you enjoy the game, do you watch it? For the last part, almost never, because usually they're just telling the story of the game again. Uh. Unless unless it's Persona 4. That anime oh. is awesome. But yeah, like I, I, I rarely feel the need to touch the anime tie-ins because they're usually just, oh, here's the game story. Again, you just spent like 50 hours going through that. How about you watch again, but slightly faster? <laughs> yeah, I tried to do that with uh, Tales of the Abyss because I really like yeah, that game. Yeah, I know game, you tried that. And, which was already hard because it's subtitle only. But it's just like, hey, I played through this story already. <laughs> yeah, I know I like... exactly what's going to happen. It's a little like these Japanese RPGs are always necessarily have the best stories either so sitting there just watching it without I mean, the so personal good, investment but, yeah, of yeah. playing it you sort of lose a lot yeah it's, it's kind of the whole game thing where a, a lot of games have stories that aren't are mostly designed to tie into the gameplay so when you remove that they don't no, we stand very well on their own. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the like if you if we were stretching a bit, the the anime tie-in uh, that I have seen the most of would be like Dot Hack Sign, mm. but that's that's a little more complicated. Yeah, and doesn't try to tell the story of the game. Well, there's there's so many of these Japanese RPGs that come out that actually a lot of the only ones we get now are the anime tie-ins. It seems. Yeah. And yeah. Oh man! It's and it's hard to tell which one came first too. Sometimes was this yeah. a, a game made from the anime, or did they make an anime about the game? Yeah, I'm thinking the, that the animes that were made and the game made alongside the anime would be something I'd tend to watch. I'd want to watch more. Okay, we made this you know really popular, really good anime series. Here's a here's a game that kind of coincides with it, and, and if they make a good game. And yeah, the anime is probably great. However. On the flip side, I think making a game and oh, this is a really fun game. Let's make an anime about it. I, I don't think those hold up quite as well. 
Except a lot of times those animes will be things like they're like Tales of Vesperia the First Strike where they're basically just, here, someone that doesn't normally play games, look at this anime, this is an ad for the game, here's the game, now go buy the game. <laughs> so uh, it, it becomes yeah. a obvious value otherwise. Um, but yeah, yeah, as for the actual style, you know, whatever can make it work. Like, the stylings don't mean that much. I'm not really wedded to either style. Yeah, for me, it's all about how good is the game. Like, yeah. um, if, if you look at, say, Persona 4, regardless of what art style you put that in, it's still a really good game. Um, whereas I could picture some... some uh, what, am I, what was I going to... I've lost my train of thought. I was going to say... Um, Whereas, say, a game like Mugen Souls, no matter what art style you put on that, it's still a piece of it's hot, salty be garbage. garbage. <laughs> um, but, like, like, even as a broader point, it's like, you know, the the style is less interesting to me than the quality with which it's executed. I mean, like, I've got wildly varying opinions on basically every Tales game I've ever played. Tales of Legendia is perhaps my most hated RPG ever released. Um... <laughs> Whereas most of them I enjoy to some extent or another, so it's just like, you know, the style really didn't change enough to really sink or uh, sink or build the ship. Well, and just, just the same as there's good anime and bad, or, or anime I prefer and anime I don't really care for. And so, the, yeah. you know, the, that style, of, you know, if it's one of those real cutesy, goofy animes, I doubt I'd like a game about them, and they make a bunch of games for those. Whereas you, usually the more serious ones... RPG. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I don't think I have a preference that they are. I think uh, you know one way or the other. As long as the game's good, story's pretty good. Uh, I think though, if you base it around an anime, you may be a little more limited. And if you actually haven't watched the series, you lose some of the the value of the familiarity. So yeah, and you know, that that could be lost where. That maybe what made the game better for some, you know, fan service. Yeah, that uh, can be a, that can be a major problem with tie-in games as a whole. It's like the assumption that I don't need to explain things to you because you already saw the thing this is tying into. <laughs> yeah, and maybe humor, backstory, uh, yeah, you know, lore, all that. You know that they might make a reference in the dialogue something that's really funny if you already know. <laughs> Sorry, I, I shouldn't keep interrupting. I apologize. Sorry. Oh no, you're not interrupting. It's uh, okay. good points. Um, yeah, I just like kind of like what you're saying. It's you know, with uh, a game that's not made with a tie-in, it's got to be self-serving, you know, and it's got to stand on its own. Where as a game that is a tie-in may not have to do that, and on its own without the anime may be a lesser game. Would be my one concern. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. There's the caveat. In conclusion, I only like dot hack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, this is... I don't want to make it sound like we don't think it's important for a game to have a good art style. Like That is certainly important. I just think the style, the exact, the precise the, style... The style it itself it is immaterial compared to how well the ex style is executed on. Exactly. Um, I think we're good that. to go here. <laughs> yeah. Um, one one game that has a pretty nice style that I just finished would be Legend of Legacy. So, uh, 
people should check a that traditional out. legend of legacy advertisement <laughs> paid for by no one <laughs> hey it's a fun game um review should be up uh hopefully soon yeah i should stare at that and tell you where you went wrong <laughs> that one's not quite out yet right it's it's yeah it's been out for a little bit Has it? okay yeah i've had it on pre-order i can't remember if i got it or not that tells you how many games i have that i probably don't need <laughs> Yeah, uh, the conundrum of uh, life. It came out mid October. I was, I was, uh, I got it. I think a week beforehand. I was trying to uh, finish it near um, when it came out, but no such luck. Just like uh, Disguise Five. Uh, but that happens a lot at RP Gamer because we have to finish all the games. So yep. before wow. review, how do you uh, finish Disguise Five anyway? How do I finish it? <laughs> uh, when the credits roll, yeah, and you know, I honestly, I'm gonna be completely honest. I checked to see if there was some bad ending I can get near where I was as an easy out, <laughs> but no That's such luck. Yeah, My those and even to go more of a tangent is I can never finish them because I just keep doing all the side shit and building up the different classes and doing yeah. the weapon level ups and that I just get mired in that and I'm like, I'm tired of this. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah. I totally understand. That's how, I, that's how I approach most games, where it's just like, I don't really feel obligated to reach the end of their story if the story isn't what I came there for. It's just like, I play until I've had my fill, and then I move on. It's, it's kind of weird for me, because the first one I played was 3, and I really enjoyed the story, so I actually like just played through it and thought it was pretty cool. So that's kind of how I've just played all of them. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, Doug... In, after the post game, that's where I kind of go nuts with things. Uh, I get lost the along world the way. for seven years. Oh yeah, you could. That's a game you could be on a you know, a deserted island somehow with power, and you could just play the sky for the rest of your life and yeah. still have be able to play it. But this one, yeah, not even the series. Oh, Disgaea. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one, unfortunately, I found the item world to be extremely boring. So, like, I can't. Even, I had to do some grinding, and it just. It sucked because I just hate the item. This one. I've heard they simplified it a lot to make it less grindy. Um. Uh, it sucks. You can you can, you can play it up to you. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna be. Blunt. I just feel bad for the person who's gonna like whoever tries reviewing uh, Trails in the Sky second chapter. Oh dear. Yeah. That's uh. That is a long like I tried plowing through the first one as quickly as possible, and oh man, that is a. That is a losing proposition. Well, that's a whole other different type of look at all these size things. It's just... Not even that! The obligate content in that game takes forever. That's also true. I love it, but the that is a long game that you cannot shorten. There's a lot of text in that game. You know, one and a half million characters in Japanese. And reading about how they killed themselves to translate that game... The original game, and then see it not sell like at all is pretty heartbreaking. Apparently, it kind of honest. sold on PC. Everyone buy Trails in Cold Steel and Trails in the Sky second chapter. Yeah. And second chapter, that's only on that's only digital, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, digital. that's that's digital only. There is no way to uh, sell a PSP game in 2015 unless well, your Gaijin they're... works. Yeah. <laughs> well. There uh, is, it's just probably not worth the investment for them. Well, it would be, it's important to note, I feel it's important to note here that this is a Falcon game, so there's already been, 
multiple re-releases, and there will likely be future re-releases. So yeah. there's there's always the chance of that being reused for like a future PS4 version or something. So. Yeah. Also, also worth noting that uh, that a lot of money probably already changed hands to get the rights to it. Falcom Games. Uh, yeah. Probably pretty pricey to license. So. But hey, Cold Steel, you'll be able to get a physical copy of that. Yeah. But hey, to get back on topic, the the East anime is pretty decent. I've never seen it. It's, and it doesn't completely follow the game story, so that's something. I should go know, back and... I didn't know it existed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised it existed. I just sort of took that in stride, even though I've never heard of it. Uh, I mean, it was actually released and dubbed here. It's way before uh, anyone cared about the series. Was it, was, it, did it, was it released and dubbed around the time of the Turbo CD version? I believe so. And though I'm not 100% certain. But I believe so. Uh, I love the the bizarre cast list of the Turbo CD uh, release of East. Yeah. One and two or three? Uh, one and two. It's like you occasionally see actual actors who once had actual careers on that. It's just like yeah, I have one and two. Game. I don't have three. One and two is super. One and two is the one where they spent as they actually seemed to try to rope together a voice cast of bizarre people. Yeah, but, don't uh, don't buy any version of three. It's go buy Oath and Falgana, that's three. Yes. But uh that's a whole different topic. So let's move on before I start talking about how bad <laughs> East three is. Yeah, let's go play let's go talk about East. <laughs> it's it's easy to do. Oh, I'm gonna throw you in the trash where you belong. Yep. I agree. Moving on. So let's move on to our next question from Budai. Uh, do you think classes like Paladin Warrior are n- nostalgic in games, or do you wish for different classes to play? Uh, it may just be a name change, but I'm curious if branching out with classes would actually change up the skill system. The Etrian series tries to mix it up, and I think they do a decent job. Um, if I wanted to branch out of classes, I would one day <laughs> pick a filthy wizard. You should. Wizards are awesome. Wizards are for trash men like you. Then, well, um, then why are you playing a space wizard in Destiny? Because they shoot guns, and that's what everyone does. <laughs> they also use space magic. Yeah, like well, everyone else. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> technically accurate. <laughs> I guess, um, do, does he want the classes and games where you can pick your different classes to uh, be different or is he more saying hey all main characters are warriors with swords and I want different main characters uh, I think uh, he brought up Etrian so I think it's the former yeah I think he's just asking if uh, we prefer can you mix up the skill sets of those characters and, and make them more you know I think a lot of games do because you know the warriors they're, they're paladins you also have uh, the fighter class or the soldier 
And you also have other, you know, the barbarian kind of takes a rage spin on it, and a, or you know, a bloodlust type thing. So, yeah, I think you get a mix of those. Um, and it's it's a melee class. It's you know, melee class with you know, is it a defensive yeah. one like a tank class, or is it a you know, uh, damage per second type yeah. class? Yeah. Uh, I think he's mainly asking if we prefer like those kinds of archetypes or just like also some brand new like out there classes like uh say uh I don't know like the chemist from the Final Fantasy series. See, oh, I no, generally I dislike those thing. weird classes. Yeah. <laughs> Chemists are busted in a fantastic way. They're the reason that I've been able to keep doing the uh like I keep rolling chemists in the Final Fantasy V four job fiesta and that just means oh I can keep killing Omega, I guess. Nice. <laughs> um, because chemists in FF five are the most broken thing in the world. I definitely think there's some, a lot of value in the tr- traditional archetypes, and there's definitely a lot of room to work with. Like, you can look at a bunch of different games and look at, say, their mage class, and they could all be ex- vastly different. Um, so there's a lot of room to work with with those those archetypes, and they're familiar as well, even with those differences. So I think that's why a lot of games use them, and a lot of people are perfectly okay with them, but there's definitely a lot of room to work with. Like, you look at, um, like, uh, Warriors and uh, World of Warcraft and probably some other MMOs, which would may, you may think typically think of as, like, a damage-dealing class with weapons, where in that, it's the whole tank thing, you know, managing aggro and something like that, which is a bit different from what, what you might expect in other games. So, I don't think... You necessarily have to just come up with random weird classes. Uh, yeah, it's just all. I, I would just say it's just all what the game sort yeah. of balanced around. Well, if, like, you, if you have a world with a specific kind of style or class, you know, like you get the you know, try to like a flavor to them. Like, okay, this is, they use a certain type of shield or you know, like a hoplite yeah. type class or something, and you yeah. can kind of flavor it one way or the other. But you're still going to have some kind of melee armored class in most of these games. Yeah. Yeah. Like to to not add those is to sort of lock out a certain segment of the player base that likes to play that kind of character. Yeah. You know, I think uh Pillars of Eternity even have uh their their fighter class, their main fighter class is more of a, a tank type character. And yeah. they were able to do that in the, you know, a squad based game, which is kind of hard yeah, Pillars is also really good because it, like, the way that its classes are described, you absolutely know what that character is going to do and how they're going to go about doing it, which is useful. Y- yes, but you can also, you have you have freedom to, you know, you can make one of those fighter classes be a more damage dealing class. You know, it doesn't give them a shield, up certain different, uh, yeah, their skills to 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 you know, to kind of yeah. customize it. But yeah, they they kind of do have their own little archetypes for the most part. Yeah, I, I just mean that uh, what I meant was more that the description that you read when you are selecting the archetype is going sure. to sort of tell you, like, this is what this class does and this is what this stat will do for this class and how yeah. they can use it to be the kind of character you want them to be. Definitely. Just, uh... so... Man, I need to get back to Pillars of Eternity. I never finished <laughs> that. I need to buy that at some point. When I actually it's a... beat. Nice. Very long game. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I guess it on the point. It's nostalgic and it's there. I don't 
necessarily say they have to be called that class. But you know, it's all rooted in D and D, which is yeah, basically sure. what this is all from anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, D and D and D gave us that class trinity because they sort of reflect it reflects like different player temperaments and archetypes. Yeah, so. like you said, you don't always, always have to use the same name. Like you look at the hunter in World of Warcraft, and that's basically a ranger. So you can or an archer. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of different ways you can spice these up and make them different. Um, but yeah, it is occasionally good to try some new things. Uh, but I think in the end you're going to be hitting on a lot of the same uh, archetypes anyway. So you know. you'll find different ways for these characters to do the same things. Right. It's like yeah, they might not always be called. Yeah. They might not always be called warrior, wizard, and thief, but you're going to have a guy that's sort of, like, sneaky and moving around because, like, players like to do that. You're going to have a guy that, like, hits things real hard and doesn't have to think too hard about how he's doing it because players like to do that. You're going to have someone that can uh, cast, that has, like, a more cerebral, like, uh, look into ranged combat that sort of has to think about where they are in relation to the enemies because some players like that. So. And you'll have some mix of classes because yeah. players and like to, players like to multi-class. Yeah, the, like the irony is that because you add those archetypal classes, you're free to experiment more with the ones that sort of mess around with them. Exactly. Well, I mean, you basically you have your your melee, like your armored melee. You have like a rogue type. You have a uh, mage type and a healer type, and then you have you know your stuff in between, like your your buffers, your debuffers, your and they, you can. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, while you have these base archetypes that kind of start branching down, there's a lot of play in there to to do a lot of unique things. Yet still, you can't really get off the beaten path too far because it's, you know, I don't know of what much else you can do. It's just the same thing with different skins and different nuances. Yeah, you go too far into the woods and you end up with a character that doesn't have any practical abilities. Yeah. My ability to use carpentry has not helped us in combat. <laughs> One day. Alright, so... Anyone have any other thoughts on this? I'm tapped. Alright, let's move on. So our next question is from... I don't know who it's from, but that's not important. I recently ran into a character named Abness, and it got me thinking. Who is the worst named it's, character it's a ever? One, okay. Low whoops. Who is the worst named character ever? Thoughts? Uh, I'm just going to say, like, as far as I'm concerned... Uh, Edge Maverick and or Fate Line God from Star Ocean's 4 and 3 respectively <laughs> are really hard to top. Uh, one I would say is especially the first uh, port of Tactics Ogre on the PS1. The, one of the oh. best characters of the Archer. Uh, I think they spelled it wrong but it was Alisair but the way they spelled it was basically A-L-O-S-E-R a loser. <laughs> oh, so man. your character was a loser. Yeah, that was that was, <laughs> wow. 
man. So when that, that this question got asked, that was the immediate one that popped in my head. It was my R2 name day loser. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's 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 bad. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's that's one of those things that you're kind of shocked that like localization let that through. <laughs> it's like Tactics Over Limited Edition. I thought was done by Atlas. I guess it was Revelations Persona era Atlas. Well, then we have butts. Oh yeah, but <laughs> which I think they they usually translate them as Bart's nowadays. This good choice. Yeah. Though some may find butts endearing now, so. Yeah, no. I, when I was playing, when I was doing the four job Fiesta, I named him B U T T Z exclamation point. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh, Edge Maverick and Fate Line God are still like they they're still the kings to me because they stand out as both like they're dumb names that are so on the nose that it's like seriously you you put this out as though this was like like man people might not know that he he might be playing by his own rules unless we name him Edge Maverick <laughs> <sighs> uh but hey at least he was in a slightly better game than Fate Line God. Fate uh, Line God, that's everything about that name. Were, were, were his parents just sort of hoping that he would be the hero of an RPG? <laughs> Man, I'm, like, I swear I had, when I put this question on the docket, I swear I had some, like, other ones that I was just like, Oh, there's so many. Think? There's so many. Yeah. That are really cheesy like that. I think there's some Final Fantasy ones that are really bad, too. Yeah, yeah. Squall Lionheart. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really on-the-nose one that's only really saved by the fact that Squall is an uncommon word for storms and that you don't often hear his last name. How about Cloud? Yeah, Cloud Strife. That doesn't, doesn't terribly bother me like some of these others do. Yeah, I could imagine Cloud's parents being hippies. Um... Let's see. The problem with questions like, like these is think trying to remember all the ones and go back to find them where yeah. They yeah. know they're there and then there's so many and I want to bring them up but without actually going and researching each game and all the characters again, it's hard yeah. to them all out. Like you just remember, oh man, and I've seen this a thousand times and they're all bad. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just I, I guess a lot of times that they're they're probably supposed to sound cool and I guess as a teenager some of these did sound cool, but man, hindsight, twenty twenty and all that. <sighs> but yeah, like What about you, Bills? Uh, Any more for you? That you don't like? You gotta have something. Uh well I'm thinking of Choo Choo from Mugen Souls, but that At is... first I thought you were gonna say Choo Choo from Xenogears. No, no, man. That, you're kidding me? No way. No way, no how. No, Mugen Souls. <laughs> or though it, it may, that may just be like that name being ingrained through a torturous 40 to 50 hours. I, I'm not sure. But I hate it, so. Yeah, so it's so like a Pavlovian hatred. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I could... Uh, kind of say the same for Star Ocean till the end of time, but that is definitely a terrible name. 
yeah, Fate Line God. Yeah. Like, I remember seeing that in previews and wondering, like, at the, like, even at the time, I was like, is that, is that really the name they went with? I remember, oh man, I'm just looking down, like, a list of, like, because a lot of these, like, we don't think about, because, like, the game is good, or the, uh, or it's just so ingrained in talking about it. Like, Chrono is a really dumb name. Yeah. Uh, well, it it kind of fits the game, though. It fits the game, but it's like it's so on the nose that it's yeah. like every bit is on the nose is Edge Maverick. You know, and I think there's, while there's some good ones, just, the, just they have so many characters. I think there's some really bad sweet coding character names too. Oh man, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Some of them are just badly translated, like Joey, poor Joey, Jowie, Jowie. Whoops. <laughs> oh man, we don't put W's in that name in ink. <laughs> so you guys want to hear my you talk about Star Ocean 3 you want to hear or telling the time you want to hear my yeah, you Star have to, Ocean story you have, to, you have to tell this story because yeah. it's too good not to <laughs> alright well we're it was college so we didn't have a lot of money me and my roommate basically would go to McDonald's every day during the um, uh, the Monopoly game when they had the best buy bucks for like a year or two just to buy best get best buy bucks we figured we're already spending money anyway on food, why might as well get a return out of it. So we amassed about fifty or fifty-five dollars worth of Best Buy bucks, and we went and bought Star Ocean till the end of time. And it was such a disappointment that we did all of that, and that was our end result. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. That's, so, that's such a tragic story. Yeah, all that work for nothing. <laughs> I'm looking down, like, just a list of these ridiculous and, names. And we would also get, like, the items that would give, you know, I think it was the chicken selects that just came out in those. So we had to eat chicken strips every day, too, because they always gave Best Buy bucks, where, like, a burger would not necessarily, or the only burger that did was the Big and Tasty, if I remember. So there was, like, we couldn't even vary it up very much. burger. <laughs> Uh, I, I like I'm looking down just like a list of these and like I I'm reminded of some of the like just what was what was happening with these like a lot of times like my opinion on these is based entirely on how much I like or dislike the game so it's like it, and and even just like whether I'll accept it as oh that's dumb but I think it's hilarious or oh that's dumb and I'm angry now so like Super Robot Wars Original Generation 2 brought in a character named Lamia Loveless. <laughs> oh, like Sue Coden had Bonaparte. That, that oh, one was yeah, Bonaparte. <laughs> oh, man. I wish that... I, I was angry when Sue Coden 4 brought in an actual Stoltheim Reinbach. <laughs> that should not have ever been an actual person. Or at least it should never have been made unambiguous that it was an actual. <laughs> well, they, they, you know, I, I like when games have references to history stuff or uh, uh, mythologies and such. But then they like take like Bonaparte, and then there's a Charlemagne character and just crap like uh, that. It's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get real. Uh, they go real hard on that one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I feel like a lot of how much we'll accept these names are is based on how much we think that the thing that they're in is good. Because I mean, yeah. like one of the most beloved uh, franchises ever has names like Luke Skywalker for its lead character, <laughs> and that was only because Luke Starkiller was deemed too much of a villain name. 
uh, you know, yeah, people over the people will roll with it. Yeah, cheesy is going to like how much I'll accept cheesy really depends upon how entertaining I found the product within. Yeah, like you were talking about sweeping into and Jowie, and you don't really see too many people complaining about that just because so many people love that. No, people complain about the bad translation. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, uh, oh yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, and as just one, as an honorable, a dishonorable mention, basically any of the nobodies from Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> like we took a name, made an anagram, and slammed an X in there somewhere. And yeah. it's like I, lo- I love Kingdom Hearts. Those names are dumb as hell. Dude, X's make everything more extreme. It's proven science. One guy already had an X in his name. One guy's name was Zehanor. So that's double, double the extreme. And yet changed his name to Zemnus. <laughs> uh... It had to happen. Okay. Now that I've now that I've gotten that dis, this that honorable slash dishonorable men, uh, mention going on. All right. Well. Well, we basically have our two camps. We have our. Uh, Bad localizations, and then we have our cheesy, over-the-top, goofy names. Yeah. At some point, someone knew what they were doing. It's just a question of whether the product that resulted was good enough to justify it. Edge Maverick. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, man, I forgot Core Meteor. (laughs) Oh, no! The hearts are translated no! its ugly head. No. Oh. Like yeah, they, they often... were... that is insufficiently translated away from Shing Meteorite. <sighs> it basically, if you have a game and your character starts with a Z or an X, it's probably a bad name. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. true. <laughs> it is too extreme. <laughs> Like Xavier may be one of the few that's okay, but especially people are just gonna think of Professor Professor. Yeah, X. I was gonna say, especially if you, there's a professor in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But yeah, I think I think I finally said my piece. <laughs> all right, so should we all grab go grab some McDonald's and move on? Oh man, do I have to? No Best Buy bucks. Those, those went away. I was sad. Even, what's <laughs> even the point? Yeah, no, I would never make anyone eat McDonald's. I've done it before. I got food poisoning. Sent me into flashbacks to college. I got food poisoning from there a few years ago, and I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> oh, wow. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, one of those snack wraps. Wow, I've never heard of someone getting food poisoning from McDonald's. It's a reason they uh, well, go it, through all the processes. It's they not do. necessarily the the food itself. A lot of times, it's the employee yeah. didn't wash their hands. Oh, yeah, true it's, enough. It's true most enough. likely the employee. I, I don't want to bash McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not necessarily. Yeah, I, I just unduly. Yes, there's enough reasons to to bash McDonald's without saying the corporation itself gave me food poisoning. <laughs> now I'm just now I'm just really sad because I remembered a game that's not an RPG that had amazing names. What's that? So I'm going to I'm going to give a I'm going to give a quick shout out to Gungrave and Gungrave Overdose that had names like Brandon Heat, Bob Poundmax, and Rocket <laughs> Billy Red Cadillac. 
Oh, man. So then can we bring up no more heroes? Well, Travis Touchdown and Henry Cooldown need representation. Yeah, if your name is sounds like a nickname that's not a nickname, it's your real <laughs> name, that's it's usually a bad idea. Yeah. Travis Touchdown is accepted because Goichi Suda specifically picked the name to sound cool in Japanese and completely idiotic in English. Mission accomplished. <laughs> uh, okay. That is a man that knows what he's doing. Okay, on the flip yeah. side, let's give this a little more legs. What would be your favorite RPG names? Mm, that's, oh, man. That's a good one. Stoltheim Reinbach III. A lot of my least favorite are also my favorites. <laughs> uh, trying to think of some good ones. Problem with a with a good name is that it doesn't stick out because it's just a name. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I liked Celeste from Final Fantasy VI. I thought that was. Oh a yeah, good that's one. a nice one. Yeah, Same with Terra. Terra. Yeah. Terra. I like that they did Terra over the original Tina in Japanese, which would have been yeah. incredibly boring. Yeah, well, in Japanese, Tina is an odd name, but in English, it's like, oh, yeah, I've met a Tina. <laughs> I also like uh, uh, Gary's from uh, Ogre Battle, the one of the big bosses oh, you fight yeah. over and over. I actually use that name in a lot of my characters. Nice. Oh, nice. My WoW uh, Death Knight is Gary's. <laughs> nice. Yeah, a well-localized name will often sort of make you not... Uh not even think about how slightly different than the norm it is outside of when you're supposed to. See, I like I like the the name Norn, and it's another Ogre Battle character. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Orn is a good one. Final Fantasy X. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've met I've met Orns, but never ones that spelled it that way, so that, that always stuck out to me. You gotta like Sid, of course. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, love the, I love the strange variants on Sid, like Sidolphus. <laughs> <laughs> Thunder God Sidolphus Orlandu. Yeah, I like I liked Orlandu's name. That was a cool one too. Yeah. Orlandu the Thunder. See they they gave him a cheesy Thunder God, but it was a, a nickname or yeah. a title which which made it okay. Yeah. That's that's one of those things where like you can sort of accept people like giving people ridiculous names because it's like, oh well my parents didn't give me that. Nerds did. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I also liked Agrius. I liked her name. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm noticing one. a pattern of things that are to do with Yasumi Matsuno. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder if he makes good product. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I am a Matsuno fan. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I forgot there was a vagrant story. A vagrant story character named Romeo Guildenstern. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good name. I like that name. <laughs> Yeah. You were definitely on the right podcast to be a Matsuno fan, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, There's the Tactics Ogre here. is one of my favorites. The yeah, whole I've been thinking about replaying uh, Let Us Come Together. Yeah. Yeah. Me as well. That The first choice in that game still... <laughs> so brutal. Alright, so... Any other thoughts on weird random names uh no mine have finally run dry alright let's move on
So let's move on to our next question, which is... Do you prefer serious RPGs or humor-based RPGs? What good ones blend both styles best? This is from Blow Whoops. Well, I guess I'll I pick this one, so I'll start. Uh, I typically prefer serious RPGs, but I don't mind humor being a part of that. You know, it, it, if you really get to like to enjoy the characters, I think some of the humor can uh, will naturally come with some good, you know dialogue and and such and uh you kind of get into their personalities and their characters or stuff they say to each other the banter is what i wanted to say it can can be funny whereas uh all the real silly rpgs i usually don't get very um invested into the story and they so unless they they have a really good gameplay i usually don't stick with them or don't really like them Uh, for me, like, there's there's a couple games that are really on my mind, partially because I've just been playing them. I feel like games that can pull good drama are also often games that can have really funny scenes in them. Yeah. Because they both speak to a writer that knows what they're doing. So, like, recently, like, a few months ago, I played Undertale, which is very funny most of the time, but does that pulls out drama when it needs to. And it's direct... Uh, intellectual inspiration earthbound is also much like that in the sense that like they're both very funny when they want to be but when you know they want to be they will also go straight into like drama that it can pull you into because they made you like the characters and suddenly put the characters in situations that you're like oh i don't like where this is going (laughs) so basically good writing yeah good writing will carry will carry (laughs) either of them and like that, and that can also take you can take you the other direction. Like badly written comedy is the most cringeworthy and irritating thing in the world. Mm. Badly written drama is just boring. Or it can be comedy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the correct type of badly written drama becomes comedy, whereas the incorrect type becomes the most boring thing in the world. Yeah, I, I, I definitely prefer a good mix as well. Yeah. I it's think like I s- to, to make drama land, there needs to be situations that are undramatic. Yeah. I think I lean to the serious side with occasional breakups of comedy to kind of mix it. Like, you know, uh, I think Final Fantasy VI does a pretty good job of that. Not to, It's an easy one to fall back on, but it's usually serious, and there's some really funny, goofy moments at times, sometimes a little too off the wall, but... Uh, I think the Dragon Age and like the Baldur's Gate series also have some funny banter between the characters. Oh yeah, yeah. I think uh, uh, Nice Little Republic is one as well. That was that could be funny oh, sometimes. What was the character in the Baldur's Gate series that had the uh... Minsk? Yes, thank you, Minsk. Yeah, you were it with was the hamster. Always gonna be Minsk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. I so always, always had to have him in my party. Those things in the Bioware Obsidian family tend to be pretty good at that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Definitely you know, like the character banter. As well. Yep. Yeah, I, you know, and uh, Pillars. Pillars has some good comedy moments, I think, too. Pillars, think has, uh, Pillars has an elf that, instead of being an elf, turns into an angry Scotsman most of the time, and that, that amused me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've also played a lot of, like, game RPGs specifically going for humor that manage you know like you said manage some drama to kind of mix things in like you look at um, some of the best Mario RPGs like some of the paper 
Mario games managed to fit in some very interesting moments that See, aren't necessarily all humor. This is where I'll pull my I can't agree with you, but I can't stand those Mario RPG games. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, Mario RPGs polarize me a lot. Yeah. To, to, the, the way that I see it is that uh, the, the drama and the comedy are two sides of the same coin because there's, you know, characters that you care about that are funny tend to be characters that you feel dramatically empathetic towards. And there is nothing funnier than a completely deflated dramatic situation. <laughs> but, but I uh, can't take drama seriously when they involve Mario characters. <laughs> for for me, yeah, the way that yeah. it, the the issue I tend to have, like it, you know, Mario character, Mario RPGs have never gone too far into trying to do serious pathos to really bother me. But sometimes, like they'll just run a joke straight into the ground, and it's just like, okay. I kind of get why you thought this was funny at first, and now you've been... We're on, like, the 30th line of text, and I'm done. <laughs> well, I'll specifically reference uh, Thousand Year Door, because I think that's probably, yeah, probably the best the one. strongest yeah. from as many categories as possible. But some of the other ones, definitely, yeah, I wouldn't go to. I, I was just mainly using that as an example. Yeah, like, an example like of something a, that went for comedy. Like, some of the better Disguise games, obviously those gear more towards the humor, but uh, there's a lot of drama in there, too, when they try and tell an interesting story. Uh, not all the games do, but... They're uh, trying. Yeah, they're trying. And I think the the addition to drama... Or, ugh, the addition of some drama uh, adds a lot to them. Um, yeah. I, I could... Looking at some games that try and ape this guy that only do the humor... Mugen uh, Souls. End that's up that's often, a lot of compile arts output, really. Yeah, often end up being pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. Like, one of the things I've, I've been... Not, like, I, I literally... A couple months ago, uh, like I was mentioning, a couple months ago I did Undertale, and that's a... That does... That had me, like, on the floor laughing several times. It was that... it Like, it's really funny in a lot of places. And... You know, it, it transitions into drama, but a lot of times it's it's lighthearted and fun. And then, like, you know, I literally finished Earthbound for the first time a couple days ago, and that really, like, has a lot of situations where it's it's not laugh out loud, but it's goofy in a way that is charming, and in a way that sort of disarms you when it decides to get dramatic. Yeah. See, so I don't you, really... Fine. Go ahead, finish up. No, no, go Sorry ahead. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, go ahead. To me, I, I don't mind lighthearted games. It's, uh, I think, uh, long lighthearted games. Uh, I just don't think they have enough legs to stand on. Or yeah, it no, I think, it, I think I think it definitely helped that Undertale is about five hours. So yeah, <laughs> but uh, like Earthbound managed to mix it up that I didn't get too sick of it. I actually usually got more sick of its gameplay, which I don't think is terribly strong. But. Uh, like it, it, you heathen! I, it's, it's it's a Dragon Quest knockoff made by people that aren't super great at in, uh, balancing Dragon Quest encounters, but the the writing is strong enough that it just like you get to something and it's just like oh man, Dungeon Man! I remember meeting Brick Road like t- ten hours ago, and now he's like a giant walking dungeon that's it's, that's telling me about the little animal area pen that he's made in his like upper chest cavity. <laughs> What do you guys think about the ones that are self-aware and don't take themselves too seriously, like kind of uh, self-parroting the, the genre and uh, and other games? What do you think of those? 
Something Whether like Unloosing it. Ranger versus Dark Death Evil Man. Or Dis- Disgaea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's uh, I-, I think that that is an, a joke that can wear really thin really fast if you're not being careful with it. Yeah. It's I- the hyper dimension that Toonia games are like that too. Oh, yeah. man, I can't stand those. Um, yeah, I think that's a, a tool you have to use very carefully, and most of the games that do are are not <laughs> in the like, slightest. Yeah, like to, to bring up another example that's referencing back to something I already mentioned. Does it well? No more heroes in a very specific in very specific contexts loves to get meta textual, and it'll break the fourth wall for the sake of a joke. But like. It's not constantly like, oh man, game, funny, funny, and it's just like, oh my gosh, shut up, I get it, the joke is that it's a game. <laughs> well, I, I think one that does a good job with it would be Disgaea 3, where the main, the main character to uh, kill his dad, who's like the demon overlord, has to become a hero, so his like the first thing he does to do this is to... Like literally steal the title of hero. Yes, character. literally steal the hi- title of hero from the character. And surgically grafted onto himself. <laughs> yes. Uh, which, it, yeah, it, it worked really well. I yeah. Love that but, game story. But, like, that uses it for its conceit, but there's no, like, constant winking references, which is, like, I think where the Neptunia games just wear themselves out for me. It's just like, hey, remember Console Wars, Sega, Nintendo, Sony? Have you ever heard of them? And it's just like, guys, guys, there is nothing in here but fourth wall references. I'm not sure what you're hanging these on. You ha- you are hanging them on a, on a coat rack that doesn't exist. <laughs> but the char- but the main characters constantly reference that they're the main characters. Ha 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 ha. Oh man, there's nothing. There, you're the main character who named yourself after a piece of Sega hardware that never even came out. <laughs> And that no one would have wanted had it come out. Hey, I would have wanted one. Yeah, you wanted a thirty-two X Genesis combo. Hell yeah, I would have bought it. <laughs> well, it would have probably cost five hundred dollars, so I would I would have wanted it and never gotten it. Yeah, that's probably more accurate. Though so I, I didn't get, played... a, you know, the CDX is probably one of my favorite consoles, and I finally got one few years ago. Oh man, the CDX that is actually a super nice console. However, there are Sega CD <laughs> games worth playing. Go play. Go find me a good 32X game. Well, yeah, that's true. Star Wars Arcade? That's not a good port. <laughs> right, the, you can put the 32X on the CDX and it kind of looks like a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Does it look more or less like a toilet than the Jaguar CD? <laughs> Probably more, to be honest. Oh look my it gosh. Up. Look, find it. I'll, I'll look up a picture while we talk. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I'm just ra- going to rant about the Sega Neptune and the 32X. There's two good 32X games. They're Virtua Fighter and Virtua Racing. Screw you, Knuckles Chaotix. Why did you have a slot machine to determine what character I bring along with me? Or Spider- the Amazing Spider-Man Web of Fire. It's like $300 because it's- they made like seven copies of it and some crazy person wants to have a full 32X library. Spider-Man? Spider-Man. How was the Doom port on 32X so bad? Yeah, didn't they make that on Game Boy pretty decently? (laughs) I can't imagine it was any worse than the 32X port. It was probably better. Toilet link incoming. There it is. Oh my god. That is a toilet. Yeah. (laughs) The Jaguar CD is impressively toilet, though. That's a good reference, because that's where most of Neptunia's fourth wall jokes belong. (laughs) 
the Jaguar CD? No, in a toilet. You up. So you sang the Jaguar CD? Yes, yes. Man, why is there no why is there no Atari characters in the in in that game? Neptunia's Neptunia's designers are not aware that the that Atari continued to exist. Atari's demise was so sad that it it wasn't even worth even beating up on them. But there's so many there's so many comedy potentials there. Wasted opportunity. You can watch it like the Atari Jaguar girl becomes a dentist. (laughs) That joke might be too subtle. You can have a CDI as the main villain. Oh my gosh, the Philips CD Interactive. You can blind yourself with a Virtual Boy in an R zone. Oh man, I wanted those as a kid. The, uh, Which one? Both? No, the, <laughs> I'm sorry, the Virtual Boy. Probably the R zone too. I'm glad I had a friend that got one because I wanted one until I tried it, and I'm like, yeah, this sucks. <laughs> I think that's everyone's Virtual Boy story. This seemed yeah. like a good idea until I played it. <laughs> oh man, this looks awesome. I have a headache now. Uh, I imagine that without the 3D illusion and also a tiger handheld. Ugh. That's an Arzon. <laughs> where's the fair? T- where's the Fairchild Channel F girl? The what? You haven't the Fairchild uh, Channel F? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first uh, console with a cartridge slot. Give me a Magnavox yeah. Odyssey. Okay, we we're, this, we're, we're uh... moving on here. <laughs> yeah, well, we're still basically on topic because the Neptunia series kind of fits in here. And it's true. Yeah. The Neptunia series is everything I dislike about a humor RPG. It's just they're basically running the same shtick over and over again. We're on game four, I guess, because they just remade the first three over and over. But of well, console wars guys. Well, the the noir one is a bit different. Hyper Devotion Noir. Yeah, because that, that one ditches the consoles. Okay, it doesn't completely ditch the consoles, but it has a bunch it of characters based... It reduces emphasis. It, it has a bunch of characters based on game series instead. Hey, guys. Oh, no. So different. No. Here's Final Fantasy. I can't even imagine that she just schizophrenic. Um... I, f- I think she's like super super dramatic and has to be a hero or something and save the world, something like that. That's dumb. Um, yeah. Now I'm just remembering that like Neptunia is not even the only anthropomorphized Sega console franchise. Because uh, there's also an anime called Sega Hard Girls. That's uh, just an, that. a high school populated by nothing but high school girls that are Sega consoles. That's frightening. It's absolutely. It's even more baffling because they have separate girls for Sega Mark III and Sega Master System. Those are the same <laughs> system. <laughs> okay, I, I don't want to harp on this anymore because yeah. I don't want to think about Sega Hard Girls. Um, All right, let's move on. What Terra Drive? What? <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't think many people even knew what a Terra Drive was. Terra Drive was a IBM PC that played Genesis games. That was a thing? What? Yeah. That was released? Yeah. To yeah, the general public? Out. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, I mean, like, there were a lot of things that played Genesis games that probably shouldn't have. I mean, there was also the the Mega Pack for the uh, Pioneer Laser Active. Yeah, that was cool. That's like the Holy Grail of one of the yeah, Holy Grail. Yeah, that super expensive. Yeah. 
It was Later expensive at the, the time. Slot. Yep. <laughs> it was expensive at the time, and it only got more expensive. <laughs> like I think it was like four hundred dollars at the time to go with your thousand dollar laser active. Why couldn't they make a Saturn that had a Genesis slot? That would have been cool. You know how many uh, people try probably tried putting Genesis uh, carts in that little uh, <laughs> slot? I kind of I kind of missed the period where like third party companies would just make weird system variants, like the the Sharp Famicom Twin, or the or the like Hitachi Sega Saturn that just had the uh, freaking FMV card wired into it. <laughs> I think there's all, there's another one that's like that. It's the V Saturn. I'm trying to remember who made that. The V Saturn JVC. Well, JVC made a lot of knockoffs. They did the uh, the XI and the one. Oh yeah, the XI. That thing's super weird. <laughs> or the or the Panasonic Q. Yeah, that one's an expensive one. Yeah, that was like three hundred dollars at the time, and only went up in value. Cause, like, how many people are gonna have DVD game cubes? <laughs> this is like a little Chrome-looking system. Yeah, those are like three or four hundred dollars still. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, the XI, which in the, which in Japan, I think was called the Wonder Mega. Yeah, it's a Wonder Mega. I actually had two of those Wonder Megas I found locally. Oh, the that's cell, amazing! In the box, they're worth about five hundred bucks each. Yeah. Wow. Jesus. They were really cool. I almost wanted to keep it, but I'm like, I can't justify keeping this expensive thing. Yeah. I can't justify keeping this when I could be hawking it. <laughs> They're still not as nice as the CDX anyway. Alright. Okay, we've left the realm of that and are now just talking about weird, cool console yeah. variants. Let's, Let's move on. on. <laughs> to uh, let's talk about the upcoming holidays. What do you think holiday 2015 will look like? Which console do you think will hit hardest? What do you mean by hit hardest? PS4. (laughs) Yeah. I think the PS4 is going to keep doing well. Obviously, I think the Xbox One may get a boost. They've dropped a price. I think there's some pretty good bundle deals out there. And, uh, you know, Halo 5 and Tomb Raider, you know, just released. So, Yep, and then we have Fallout 4 is really going to help drive some sales, I think. Yeah, that'll drive sales of everything that it's on. Yep. Uh, I don't think there's anything big on... Well, we, yeah, I was going to say, but... Xenoblade. Kind of just being a Nintendo system, it, it should probably do decent around holidays anyway, especially with like Mario Maker and some other mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just going to sit around playing Xenoblade for basically the entirety of December. Yeah, me too. Are there any good handheld games coming out that are going to... Uh, I swear uh, there was something, but I'm having... I mean, there's some good ones that they are kind of niche that I like, but are there any big big sellers coming out? Not, yeah, that's kind of the thing. Is that, like, I'm not sure uh, if Yokai point, Watch is going to be a big seller or not. They want it to be. I mean, yeah. they, pa- they made a $100 2DS plus Yokai Watch package. I think it's probably, ha- probably going to depend on how the uh, tie-in anime 
does, I guess. Yeah, if they can if they can sell that to the level they want to, that thing's going to do disturbing numbers. But yeah. like the 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 hundred dollars Yokai watch and a two DS to play it on is actually a pretty impressive, like aggressive deal. Yeah. But uh, I'm we'll trying, see. trying to think of what else. Uh Mario and Luigi Paper Jam is coming out in December, but so far only, only in Europe, Europe Japan. we're not getting it this year um, yeah. oh we also had the newest uh, Call of Duty had just come out too so that'll help yeah that'll it's, pretty, help. it's a pretty decent software lineup for uh, for those who like the, those respective games yeah. big, big games yeah. especially because apparently at this point the, the current gen version the last gen versions I guess uh, of, of Call of Duty are rapidly declining in quality <laughs> I think this is the year we're really finally getting away from these dual releases. Oh, we also have Battlefront yeah, coming like, out. That'll be a big seller. Oh I think. Yeah. yeah, Star Wars Battlefront's gonna hit hard. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it's actually a pretty impressive holiday lineup. Yeah, I'm still trying to think what else is coming out on uh, handhelds. I don't think there's anything for Vita. Not that uh, well, that would exactly fly off the shelves, regardless. I think there'll be good Vita games, but yeah, there's no big sellers. Yeah. Uh, let's see, what else is Nintendo really? I know they. I know I'm missing something on 3DS, other than Yokai Watch. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy Explorers, right? When's that coming out? That's January. Oh yeah. Okay, that's gonna miss the window. Yeah. Also, I don't want to play it. Um. <laughs> I don't, but it makes it might sell. Yeah. Yeah, oh, 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 Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon. That'll oh, yeah, that'll do good numbers. That'll what about Triforce minutes. Heroes? Will that think that just came out, that'll do says. well. Yeah, that should do well. Um, I think uh, the other multiplayer Zeldas are, are decently popular, so... Yeah. Plus, it's just Zelda. Yeah, Zelda just does well, especially yeah. here. Um... Man, I'm just looking at this like IGN release list, and this is surreal. I love my dog. <laughs> you, you always forget, like it's like these games aren't for us, so we never see them, and it's just like, what even is this? <laughs> see, but yeah, like uh, yeah, for the I for the rest we'll, of the year, most of them are already out. You'll probably continue to see stuff like Smash Brothers sell too now. Chris is probably yeah, that's have oh, a yeah. really long tail. Even like uh, New Super Mario Brothers two, probably still selling. Yeah, yeah, because it's just like it's it's always shocking to me when I look it up and it's like, oh, New Super Mario Brothers one sold like thirty million copies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of those were probably bundled with the console, but not not that many. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. the game. I was mixing Stella Glow up with uh, Legend of Legacy. That's the oh, game that's okay. still coming out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A- Atlas keeps sending me emails about that, and I'm still not completely certain what it is because I haven't been looking at them. I think it's uh, like a Stella Deus. I think, yeah, I just didn't think anyone remembered Stella Deus. I think it was very generic. I think it's actually a spiritual successor to uh, Luminous Arc. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, that would make oh, that's sense. That's right. Yeah. It looks kind of. I think this is their last game from that uh, developer, right? Image Epoch. Uh, I'm not. Uh, Image Epoch. It's dead. I well, I know. See, there, there's. I know there was some game Image Epoch was doing, and then like some former in- Image Epoch people, I think, were doing some games. So I'm. You know what? I'm gonna have to look this up right okay. now. Is this an it's Image Epoch? Out, I know like, there was like one final. Pres- 
Yeah, but... I know they had like one final game. You're right. Well, who's doing Seventh Dragon Three? Uh, I think that's just Sega. I don't think that. Huh. I don't think that involves any. Because Image Epoch. Epoch was working on them up through 2022. Who knows? Okay, yeah, from the team behind the latest, behind the classic Luminous Art games. There you go. So, brand new IP with the same renowned strategic. So it's going to play like Luminous Arc with its own world. So maybe not be Image Epoch, and maybe developers from them. That yeah, that would make sense. Luminous Arc was one of those that was kind of goofy fan servicey too. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, well, Glow is listed under Image Epoch's Wikipedia page. Actually, I typed it in, and it brought me to their page. Yeah. So this so, is their last one, then. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. Man, I forgot that Luminous Arc and Arc Rise Fantasia were related. Arc Rise Fantasia was not a good game. Um, what the heck? Image Epoch made Yoshi's New Island? <laughs> I, they, so they get... Like, Nintendo contracts the Yoshi's Islands into out to weird companies like Artoon and Arzest. That's weird. Don't play Artoon games. They made Blanks the Time Sweeper. Don't play those. <laughs> Why not? Everyone remembers those that classic series from the original Xbox, right? There's, there's all these like Japanese developers with weird A names that made terrible things that I remember for some reason. Don't play Umbrella games. They made Pokemon Channel. Uh, what were we talking about again? The holidays? Yeah, the holidays. yeah we're talking about big sellers of holiday games, yeah. so obviously we're talking about... My big prediction games. is Blink 3 is going to make a comeback. My empire, right? Oh my gosh! My Our prediction teams. is a disturbing number of children will be playing a roguelike this holiday. Uh, Super Mystery Dungeon. Yeah, <laughs> I do find that disturbing. Uh, the problem man, is, just... is uh, talking about big holiday sales and RPGs usually don't go hand in hand. I guess Fallout Four is going to buck that trend, yeah. but well, yeah, Fallout like Fallout like Bethesda and Bioware games tend to buck those trends. And anything with the Pokemon yeah. name. Yep. Yeah, obviously. And then if, if a Final Fantasy game came out. Yeah. Now I'm looking at, like, Artoon's development history. It's a murderer's row of the worst games you've ever played. <laughs> what the, the heck? The King of Fighters, EX, Neo Blood, Yoshi, Topsy Turvy. What the heck is Arzest? Arzest made Yoshi's New Island. Founded by key Artoon and Sega members. Okay. That's a terrible pedigree. Who worked on uh, the Panzer Dragoon series. Okay, that would be a better pedigree if they made better games. Hey, is Xeno is Xeno really Chronicles really coming out in December? Yeah, it's December fourth. Yeah. Okay, that's for sure. I didn't yes. know if it was pushed back. Yeah. So do you think that's gonna sell well? No. Uh I, I believe so. <laughs> I think that'll do good business. Really? Yeah, I do. Mm. Relatively I or think Compared Relatively, to of course. Okay. Maybe I just uh, have a... I don't know. Maybe I'm just being here, pessimistic. Here's my reason for guessing that. If you push it the right way, if you advertise it the right way, it hits the same itch that something like Fallout does, where it's like futuristic RPG, open world, go explore and do quests at your well, leisure. Should sure. they try to to uh, market it similar to like a Monster Hunter? And try to get I don't that think crowd. It's Monster Hunter enough to really do that, and I don't think it would really do much good to do that in the U.S. To be honest, I don't know how they successfully pushed Monster Hunter in the U.S. Monster Hunter Four did better. Th- like they keep doing better game over game. 
So, like, Monster Hunter is, I believe at this point, a reliable niche, but not I, much more. I think it must have just been once they had a game with reliable multiplayer here in the West, people start started to get it. Because, I mean, when, yeah. when it was just on PSP, I mean... It's... Yeah, go and play that with the three yeah. other people playing it. Good luck with that. <laughs> but, yeah, like... I think that Xenoblade Chronicles X is something that can do well. I don't know that the circumstances are right for it to do extraordinarily well, but I think it will justify itself at the very least. There's certainly a big enough install base of Wii U's that it could be uh, profitable for sure. You think people who enjoy those title games are buying or have bought Wii U's? Uh, yes, because I think there's a lot of. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that buy it as like their secondary console, just because there's a lot of just Nintendo fans. I, I would say that the audience crossover is not what it could or ideally would be, but at the same time, I think that once, like, if and when they make an aggressive enough deal on selling Wii U's, I think that the game could do quite well. Yeah. What do you? What if the? What if it was released on the PS4? I think that it would probably do better there because there's a lot more ps4s out there but i I mean like i think it would be a mega hit on the the ps4 i'm gonna be honest like it it it, if it was on a system with a bigger install base than the wii u i think it could do pretty great numbers because i mean people really do like that sort of open world rpg i mean the witcher 3 did like 6 million units fallout 4 is probably gonna do like 10 million yeah and i'm wondering uh it probably didn't do huge numbers since it was new 3ds only I'm wondering uh, how, how Xenoblade Chronicles 3D did. Yeah. It's really hard to tell on that. I don't think we could really get reliable numbers. <laughs> yeah, because I think it, it, both of those both of those games, I think, have a wider audience than there is an install base for, essentially. Pretty much. Can I find any sort of sales data? Yeah. That was one of those where I actually played it at PAX and was kind of underwhelmed by it, the 3DS version. Yeah, the graphics are a little... Uh, Naff. But at the same time, it's good to have that game portable because I'm never yeah. going to finish it in front of a TV. I think the screen, <laughs> the screen blur was annoying to me too. Yeah, 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 they do that to try to cover up some of the graphical faults and it uh, doesn't work. That was honestly my biggest complaint when I, when I did the review of it was just... Uh, the graphics yeah. were an issue. You know, rough. Yeah, I, I, I could forgive a lot because the game is so good, but you know, when it's getting to be an issue, then not so much. You take what you can get. You want to play it portable. Yeah. And that's why it's still got a high score because it's still Xenoblade. It is not compromised enough in the port to truly destroy it. Yeah. And I have played, and I have played some really bad ports, so I know all about that. Really bad ports. Try playing uh, Rayman Origins on 3DS sometime. Oh man, I remember playing that. It was like I was watching an MPEG of the game that yeah. was occasionally responding to my. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's bad. <laughs> really really bad. It's even weirder because it's uncanny. It looks like it should be good because yep. the graphics look fine and then you start pressing buttons and it's like, what is happening? <laughs> uh. 
You ready to move on? Yeah, I think so. Should be a good holiday season. Um, I will enjoy the video games that I successfully purchased. Yeah. I think I'm going to have all mine like within this week and then be done till January. You can go into hibernation. Yeah. God, February is going to be terrifying. Uh, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out when I'm going to be able to get Fallout 4, but I really need I really need to finish Disgaea before I start buying more big console RPGs. Don't get it on console, get it on PC. Uh, my PC is not powerful enough. Yeah. Hearing of, uh, um, I guess Mac didn't see as much, but obviously there's a lot of videos out there of some frame rate issues on the, on the consoles. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I'm sure they'll get uh, patched to some standard eventually. <laughs> yeah, I played three on PC, although that was not a great experience, to be honest. Well, at least you weren't playing it on PS3. <laughs> yeah, I did that with uh, Skyrim. Yeah. It. Yeah. Did all the DLC for that ever even come out on PS3? Or it did. They did. Just give up? No, it, it did, and they patched it. Um. Long past the point that anyone cared. Yeah, I, I, I honestly have no interest in even playing that game. I was so turned off. Too many bad experiences. Yeah. Uh, Bethesda. Bethesda. Whatever. They don't deserve to have their name pronounced correctly. I hate you, Bethesda. I hate you and I love you. Because I still love the Fallout series, but yeah. But I won't play it until it's on Mac. They've n they haven't released any of them on Mac <laughs> since <laughs> 1 and 2. <laughs> Isn't there a Fallout Tactics port to Mac? Mm, no. Uh, you probably wouldn't want to play that anyway. Uh, I, you know, I kind of like that actually. Fallout Tactics. I've heard very uh, up and down things on it. It's 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 got some issues and some bad. Like basically, if you made a whole team of snipers, you know, you would just wreck. Yeah. And melee is not very good, but I I kind of enjoyed it. But it's hey, it's not, it's not the bad Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance knockoff they released on consoles years uh, after anyone stopped caring. Uh, yeah, Fallout Tactics is something that deserved, an idea that deserved further expanding on that obviously never happened because Interplay went... Was in the process of self-destructing at the yeah. time. Uh, if they finally died completely, I need to check. Who knows? I remember they were swearing up and down there was going to be a Clay Fighter reboot like a year ago. I think they might be st might still be selling various versions of Earthworm Jim and whatnot. Oh man! One day someone will f like at some point everyone plays a version of Earthworm Jim that causes them to look at it and wa realize, wait a minute, this game always sucked. What man? That game had an that there was an awesome cartoon. No, that cartoon sucks, man. I've watched that like what? less than a year ago. That's a super bad cartoon. You're terrible. I'm sorry, man. No. I'm sorry. You're terrible. The show was awesome. Although I haven't watched it since I was a kid, so I'm probably wrong. How dare you tarnish my childhood memories? 
Earthworm Jim was a charming concept with amusing writing sometimes in the actual game and nothing more. Uh, okay, but, Interplay but... was for releasing another battle chess game up to last year. Battle battle yeah, chess. Interplay, was, Interplay went away, and then it kind of like re, the name got rebooted or restarted by someone. I think. Battle chess game of king. Battle chess man. Developed by Old School for publisher Interplay. And apparently, they're still swearing up and down that they're going to try to release something that resembles an MMO thing. Do they still have the rights to MMO Fallout? I don't know. They how... have not had that for like five years. Okay. I couldn't remember how that all shaked out. Yeah. Invested in powered systems, similar to the crowdfunding website Kickstarter. <laughs> not able to gain the rights to make a Fallout game as they originally intended, they created Project V13 to be a different post-apocalyptic strategy RPG. Oh, v- V13, that's not a Fallout yeah, referencing enough. What could that V stand for? Hmm... It's the natural, uh, it's the natural circle of life. I mean, Fallout was wasteland without the name wasteland. Man, that reminds me. I I need to try out try wasteland too. Oh, uh, yeah, I never tried that. It was fun. I heard they got a tactic that made it, uh, not a tactic, a uh, uh, patch Export? that made it better recently. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they have the uh, the. Uh, well, they did a first big patch and they did like a re-release. What's the uh, Remastered edition or whatever. I yeah, which that. was basically an excuse to say, "Hey, the patch is out now. You should play the game again." Yeah, I grabbed. Uh, I grabbed that for Xbox One because I mm. would rather play it on the TV. I kickstarted it, so I had it on PC. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Oh, hey, that reminds me of another game out this holiday. Well, I should say out again, Shovel Knight. Yep. Oh man, that game's so good. Go I play got the that. 3DS. I, I, I kickstarted that as well. I met them at that PAX East when they were there. The yeah, me too. And interviewed them for uh, that pod, the Racket Boy podcast I was doing there. Nice. They were really, that guy was pretty cool, and I went and kickstarted it there that day because I liked the game. <laughs> yeah, those guys are pretty cool, and that is a game that turned out obscenely well. They're a, they're a fixture at PAX nowadays. I see them always like they're still selling like Shovel Knight merch. I picked up a shirt that was just like the uh, the dancing whale, but just says dancing is kind of my thing because I was told nice. by a friend that I couldn't not buy it. <laughs> nice, but I honestly think that could be a, a pretty decent uh, holiday title because that's actually I saw that in like Target. That's that's everywhere. So, yeah, I, I picked it up on the 3DS. Pick up. Yeah, me too. I got my code on the Wii U, and then I, I bought a physical 3DS copy. Nice. Yeah. Shovel Knight? I stole Wheels' copy of the soundtrack. Yeah, I, I already bought the soundtrack, so he got oh. the free code. That soundtrack's super good. Yeah, and that's I, I guess they bundled that in all the physical editions, so that's pretty sweet. Nice. Yeah. But okay, one more question? Yeah, let's move on to the last question my before final we... Question. And stop praising Shovel Knight endlessly. Let's move on.
All right, so let's uh, do our last question of the night, which is... Uh, I, where is it? VRPGs. Thank you. Yeah, uh, RPGs. What do you think we'll see in VRPGs? Will there be a known series breakthrough success? Um, I, I brought this up because I, like, I was trying to like brainstorm what would you do with an RPG in VR? Yeah. I think I know. Do you? MMOs. Hmm. Fair enough. That's a really good idea, actually. Well, yeah, uh, it's probably not too many people are familiar with it, but Tad Williams' Otherland series. And nope, actually, they made an MMO based on the book series. It's kind of not very... It's not a big game, obviously, but it's yeah, kind no. of uh, uh, real-life people kind of in a you know, fully VR where you kind of get in these little uh, beds or little helmet things and you kind of really almost manifest in the VR world and it's like a, a game inside the uh, in the real world. And it it, it kind of goes on, but it's 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 a pretty cool concept to, to read about and it's kind of like physically going in the VR worlds almost and then and one of the characters in there is uh, really big and in, in, they're all kind of interconnected and they're trying to do this... Uh, dystopian type world in the VR where you can go live there or something. It's part of the, the scheme of the book, but one of the main characters in there is like a crippled kid or with or some got some disease that he's going to die from, but he's this badass in a, in a MMO that that's a hmm. VR MMO. And, you know, it, it seems like that could be a uh, really effective type of uh, game. And that could also, I think could almost be dangerously addictive to some people. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to the first stories about someone spending all their time in VR playing, like, whatever VR MMO catches on. So, dot .hack in real uh, life? Uh, yeah, what basically. Yeah. can finally go through and just live that entire concept out. So, so if there is ever, like, a real-life VR MMO and people start, like, going into a comas, I am going to be <laughs> quite frightened. <laughs> Well, no, you know what's gonna happen? Yeah, probably. just waste away on there. Don't eat. <laughs> that's like a coma. <laughs> Sitting on toilets, playing. <laughs> oh God. I I, uh, I don't really see like the Final Fantasies maybe doing that well. Any kind of third person or or, or turn based even or or party based. I think it's got to be like a first person. You know, maybe like a Bethesda game would work. Like a VR Fallout would be pretty good. Yeah, VR Fallout or Elder Scrolls would sell gangbusters. Yeah, you, I think you really have to do something specifically designed around that technology. So, existing uh, like existing franchises aren't really built to do it. Yeah, unless it's unless it's you know like something first person, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I would probably try a VR Fallout if they did it well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no. Up next, VR Entry and Odyssey. <laughs> you know, those could kind of work, but I don't think they'd sell all that well. Yeah. They wouldn't sell, but I mean, there's a, there is a group of about 5,000 people that would be like champing at the bit for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think a lot of the things are going to depend on how well the technology itself sells. Yeah, I'm, like, I, I'm more concerned about, like, which of the five competing goggles to strap to my face is actually going to survive. Yeah. 
There's a lot of goggles strapped to your face. So if there was like a, a Fallout or a Bethesda uh, Elder Scrolls game that, you know, you tried it out and you're like, this is amazing, I think those goggles will start flying off the shelf. Oh, definitely. Like, a, a good game would be a good killer app to get people to buy whatever goggle it's designed to work with. Or, uh, not RPG, but a, a first-person shooter, too. I think. Definitely that would as well. The first Call of Duty to work in VR. Call of yeah. Duty VR Ops. Oh, man. Vrops. It'll sound like... Vrops. Vrops. Actually jump into Halo World and, you know, be Master Chief. Yeah. Finally, I can be Mr. Chief. Uh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd probably play that, presuming that the VR, the, the goggles strapped to my face were not $500. Oh, man, Destiny in VR. Yes, wheels, crack of choice. There you go, you get the MMO and the shooter. There you go. (laughs) Well, you know what's really been pushing the VR? Those uh, space-type sim games. Yeah. That's perfect for that kind of technology. Uh, I'm sure that Star Citizen is currently lined up to be working with five of them. (laughs) Well, Elite Dangerous is one that... At PAX, they actually show off the game with the the VR headsets and I've oh, seen it impressive. at several of them and I wanted to try it out but the line is usually just too long to stand in for my taste. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, crazy man just put $30,000 into Star Citizen. Star Citizen confuses me. So it's, I don't understand. Is, is Star Citizen a thing that's out? Because I feel like I've no. been hearing uh, about it for have, years. It's, kind of, it's in like a beta type. There thing. is a prototype of the combat sections. Or that, yeah. <laughs> and how how many years have people been pumping money into it? Uh, at least two. Okay. It's... I uh, kickstarted it for like the game itself, but I haven't been buying hundred dollar ships or anything. <laughs> yeah, people are buying hundred dollar ships in a game that doesn't have anything to fly ships in yet. Well, high hopes, I guess. I'm actually, supposed yeah. to go down and meet with those guys in Austin at some point, and I haven't. Yeah. Yet. Should be interesting. I was supposed to do it last summer, and I had work stuff come up. I had to reschedule, and just haven't been able to do it. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it could probably be kind of tough. But no, I think that's basically if there's going to be VR, it's got to be first person, obviously, and it's going to be a game that takes yeah, it would first be person a while. So it would but be then, super disorienting to have VR in third person. <laughs> yeah, and, I, I mean, I guess you can make a first person Final Fantasy, but. I don't see those J-type RPGs doing that well. I see it to being a, a Western first-person RPG, you know, Bethesda game. There will be kinds of games that are well-suited to it. Yeah, at, at present, it doesn't feel like it's something that's going to replace traditional gaming at all, at least not yet. Certainly or... not in the immediate future. Yeah. It's got to prove a lot of things first. Have to be Base done. package that is $15,000. Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm just reading the Star Citizen article and dumbfounded. Some people buy real boats, I buy pixel boats. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, yeah. I'm done thinking about VR for a while. Alright, well let's, let's wrap this episode up. Uh, so, as usual, you can send us questions uh, to my email, wheels at rpgamer.com. Uh, you can tweet me at at Ask Wheels, Dave's at Fanboy Master. Yep. Uh, do you want to share your Twitter, John? Yeah, it's at JMustang1968. 
It's a very RPG uh, name, you know? <laughs> a little bit. This is the handle I've always used for everything, so my email's at, it's kind of, I just use it across the board, so I remember it. Well, that's better than what I used to use. Which was, oh, man, I still have records of this. Yeah. Uh, so, this, uh, so uh, back in the AOL days, I wanted, when I was playing Chrono Trigger, I wanted to obviously make my screen name Chrono, which was obviously taken, so it gave me a random set of numbers with Chrono. And you were like, sure! Sure! <laughs> and so, yeah, that's actually still my AOL semester name. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I yell at him on it daily. <laughs> As I deserve. I'm not sure anyone deserves that, but it happens. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so that's it. Um, we still have a big, back, relatively big backlog of questions, but feel free to send in more. Um, I should be have I should have a review of Legend of Legacy up relatively s- close to when this episode goes up, and as far as a review of Disgaea Five, uh, who knows? I'm trying to get that Heroes of Might Magic Seven review, and Bedlam. I was working on Bedlam. I couldn't. I can't beat the damn game though. So. Uh, I hate when that happens. It's a it's a roguelike strategy RPG. That sounds. Right it's, up my alley. You should try it. It's I'll have to it, try. It's yeah. It uses the Banner Saga engine. Ah. Uh, oh wow. But it's kind of um, yeah. It's a roguelike strategy RPG that's pretty difficult. It, it, they've made it easier in some regards because at first it was like almost impossible to at least to me on a normal mode. So maybe I'm just and I'm pretty good at strategy RPGs. I've beaten most that I can play, but this one is. Uh, tested me and I've gotten to near the final boss a few times and just can't get through so I was telling you know, I've been talking with Mac and, and others that how can I really rev- write a review on this I haven't beaten it but maybe I'm close enough to where I've seen everything I just haven't killed the final boss so I'm at least going to do an impressions for it um, so that and I have Heroes of Might Magic 7 to try to get I haven't written anything in a while I've kind of been on a hiatus so this is uh, this podcast is kind of getting me back in the groove here alright well and if you guys want to see me back on, shoot some questions for me too. That if you want to hear me answer. Yeah, that. sure. Feel yeah, free. Yeah, we'll make that work. Yeah, we like having guests on, so we'll definitely try and have you on again. Uh, it was fun. It's late. Yeah, as long yeah. as there are questions <laughs> yes. in the hearts of men. yes. So definitely, uh, some heroes of might and magic questions should probably be good for the next time you're on. Uh, so yeah if anyone has any questions there uh, maybe some Blizzard related questions since I don't usually have anyone to talk about Blizzard games with I could do that, Matsuno questions yep oh man I'm always up for Matsuno we always, yes we always accept those always except for Vagrant Story, I actually haven't played Vagrant Story I have a really tough time with Vagrant Story I'll have to try that again sometime but, but yeah. if it's an ogre battle game, yeah. I've played it. Oh, okay. I haven't played that side story game, but whatever. That's okay. Zenobia Prince. An an English released ogre battle game, I've played it, and I'm for thorough, so any of those kind of things. Truly you are a person of lordly caliber. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so that's it. Uh we'll see you next time. Peace out. Oh, I got a new goal.